Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining me on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am Michael Sherlock, your host. And all month long, we are talking about magic of marketing. You know, that magical pixie dust that we throw on our businesses and our clients run to our doors and throw money at us. Yeah, that's not what this is about. (laughs) But I have pulled together amazing guests this month, as you know already. And my guest today, Don Levy, and and at some point in time, we're going to have to maybe tell his story of his name again, just because now I'm cracking up after I heard his last story. But his career has spanned three decades leading people and projects for Fortune 100 companies, such as Philips Petroleum, Motorola, Intel Corporation, some government agencies, such as the NOAA, I can't even talk myself, and in academia as an adjunct faculty with the University of Houston. Since 2012, Don has been solving problems, which (laughs) that is what it's all about, as a speaker, consultant, award-winning author, and a coach and mentor. He is well-regarded as an engagement and positioning strategist, which is perfect for our topic today, leadership perform catalyst, and successful expediter for leaders and executives. And that tells me I just need to drink more coffee because I'm stumbling over my own words. But he is also the author of five books, two of which, Confessions of Hiring a Manager 2.0 and Strategic Career Engagement, both won global ebook awards and international book awards for business and careers, which is amazing. And I can't wait to learn more about those as well. And Don, thank you so much for joining me today. Absolutely. Pleasure to be here and see if we can get some marketing wisdom out. Exactly. Let's bring it. Let's make it rain. I love it. Well, you know, I like to hit the highlights of your bio and sometimes I actually say them correctly and sometimes I trip over my own words, but you know, that's the joy of it. But tell me in your own words, a little bit more about you, your business and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Well, my career has been the epitome of being a jack of all trades. Uh, Since elementary school, I've always wanted to be a teacher to make a difference in people's lives. Mm. And it's come about in ways decades later I never would have envisioned back then. You know, it all started with uh, when I first got out of college. My first job was with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration as a research geological oceanographer. I went on to work with Phillips Petroleum as an exploration geologist and managing multi-million dollar oil and gas projects. And then I was teaching at the University of Houston too, mostly for the resume bump, not for the money. Because uh, <laughs> I knew it would look good on a resume down the road. Oh, heck and then yeah. after the oil bust in 1986, when oil fell to $10 a barrel, I, I was out of work for 15 months. I lost a small fortune and I eventually lost my home to foreclosure. Oh. But fortunately, I had some software and, and, and computer experience with NOAA and and uh, Phillips that helped me transition into the high tech world where I eventually managed people and projects for Motorola and Intel Corporation. Um, it's funny, it's over, the, over my career, I've probably spoken to at 60 or 70 different conferences in the earth sciences, high tech and other fields. 
essentially sharing my knowledge with others how to help them accelerate their careers. And I am not a career coach. <laughs> I tell people, do not call me a career coach. <laughs> I can help you with your career, but I'm a positioning and influence strategist, as, as we'll discover a little bit later. So my childhood goal of being a teacher and helping people change their lives it revealed itself in a totally different context than what I had, had expected. And uh, let's see, the other question was, how do I help people shock their potential? I do it in a couple of ways. In my one-on-one -on -one coaching business, it's promoted primarily as a joint venture with professional membership and trade associations. Mm -hmm. I work with high achievers that, um, that want to enhance their performance, influence, and connection with decision makers. Mm -hmm. And most clients will come on board with me when their careers have stalled or when they want to change career direction. Right. Now, that's not the only thing I do. I have an eight and 12 week strategic mentoring programs where I work with uh, fast track leaders who have corporate leadership aspirations. And I try to get them to the influencer and thought leader level uh, much faster and with a higher trajectory than they would otherwise by themselves. Mm, very good. I'm taking lots of notes as I'm listening to you. So uh, I love the fact that you're like, don't call me a career coach because I, I do the same thing. People are like, oh, I need some coaching. And I'm like, I don't coach. Yeah. I, That's if it. anything, I'll just be bossy and tell you what you need to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like it. Yeah. But I can help you get there. It just might be a little painful. And I, I kind of warn people, you know, because I don't really do that. I'll, every once in a while, I'll take on, uh, you know, a, a client like that for a little bit just to help them. But, you know, I really feel like my role is just to be help them, you know, be brutally honest and not not really in a horrible way, but, you know, to help somebody be able to sit back and see their career or some of their career decisions from a different vantage point to see how that person, you know, to your point, if you're getting, you know, you're putting them through this fast track program of eight to 12 weeks, you're trying to get them as quickly as possible to what somebody else is going to see as valuable to, yes. to promote, or, you know, that, that you can trust that this person's going to represent your company well internally or from another market. And that's, that, that really does help shock people's potential, but sometimes it's hard on them. It, it is. It's it, and it's that, like you said, it's very intense that eight to eight week or 12 week program is intense to get them. You have to shake up some paradigms and get them to look at what they do differently. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's funny because career coaching, in my mind, people focus on certain aspects and slivers of the pie, where as an influence and persuasion strategist, I try to get people to have a, not only a successful career, but to help them build successful lifestyles so that yeah. the, the whole idea is to embed them with a process and a system that will help them be successful all the way through their working life and beyond. That's really, really good. I, you know, I think about early on in my career, um, and it's funny that you talk about being a teacher because I, that's what I always wanted to do as well. And so I taught, that's what I got my degree in was education. And I taught one year. And it was, uh, it was a temporary position because it was for a teacher that was out for the year. And after that year, they, you know, that teacher came back, they didn't need me, but there were all these, uh, there weren't enough students in schools going into schools that year in my hometown. So teachers with a lot of tenure were being left, let go all over the place. And, uh, and so of course I couldn't get a new job and it, it propelled me into the business world, which is where I found out, wow. I can speak and train because I, I had a, you know, a training position in a lot of different ways. It doesn't have to be in a classroom and I can still teach 
and motivate and, and get people excited about their own lives in a different way. It's, it's really a great thing, but not everybody, especially, you know, when you're talking about working with people that might be in transition, maybe they have had a transition they didn't want, um, that, you know, sometimes you have to look at what the possibilities are where before you only saw, you know, those narrow slices of the pie, helping people open up to see that there's not only more pie, but there's a smorgasbord out there. Yeah, it's a whole it's a whole thought process change. It's a it's a it's a mind shift, and and um, you know we go through that in the programs with people to challenge some of their preconceptions and and beliefs about themselves and what they do. You need to expand that view of of, of what they do to even bigger. Now, it's funny we have a similar story. When I was in high school, I was on the debate team. I was on the wrestling team. You know, adrenaline and uh, macho stuff. I was on the wrestling team, but I was also on the debate and extemporaneous speaking team. I got into college um, to continue the foreign languages that I had in high school because I thought I'd be a foreign language major, which, you know, it's, it involves talking, you know, when, you, when you're discussing <laughs> languages. And I thought, what am I going to do with my life? I don't really know. Then I, I took geology as, a, as a, an elective and it changed my life. Mm. When I was working for Phillips Petroleum, I was a member of the Executive Energy Speakers Bureau. And oh. where the execs will go out and speak to uh, organizations in the greater Houston community about what Phillips is doing, you know, in the community and things like that. Then I taught at the university part time, like I said, for the resume bump. And I'm thinking, what am I going to do with the rest of my career? And all this time it's underlying speaking and teaching and is the foundation of all the things that I've been doing. And then it wasn't until probably about four or five years ago, I was, I was in high tech, but I was really getting tired of it. Mm-hmm. And I and I was already working on my speaking, consulting, um, coaching business part time ten years ago. Mm-hmm. So I was already, I already knew what I where my passion was. It's just I wasn't doing it yet. Yeah. So I, along the way, then I realized, wait a minute, I've been doing this all along. I've been teaching and, and helping people change their lives all along, and not really fully realizing that was the underlying thing that I was doing. <laughs> and you're like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Well, and, you know, you also touched upon, you know, not just helping somebody, you know, navigate those career um, uh, points, but also to have it impact their whole life. Talk, talk to me a little bit about that. That's it's I'm a big believer in influence and persuasion, as I mentioned, because those are soft skills that a lot of leaders don't have. Mm -hmm. You you need to have empathy. You need to have be able to build trust with your workforce. You need to show resilience that you can bounce back. And going forward, the the, the marketing mantra for 2021 is focus on the emotional mm-hmm. in your messaging and even in your behavior. And I think the people that the people that can in, incorporate and encapsulate all of that into how they lead in their messaging. And I don't call it sales and marketing. For me, it's called, I call it influence and persuasion because no one likes to be sold. We know right. that. And it's all about getting other people to realize the, that they need what you have to offer. Mm-hmm. You're not selling anybody. You're getting them to make the realization on their own. Right. And to embrace it and accept and it. To embrace it. Exactly. Yeah. But it's soft skills are going to be key to any messaging and to any leadership going forward, especially with the with the the turmoil that we're dealing with in this in this pandemic and the post pandemic yes. scenarios that will come to fruition soon, hopefully. 
Yeah. And I think that's really important because one thing that we do know is no matter if, you know, tomorrow, every single person in the world has the vaccine and, you know, and we eradicate this thing, we still are going to see a lot of people with remote workforces. We're going to see, you know, even if you got, you know, got people coming back, you're going to have a lot more people taking some remote time. And one of the biggest challenges that I'm seeing is that leaders who weren't, um, great at that emotional part before are really struggling now because, you know, leading a remote team takes a whole different level of a skill set. And the one and the leaders who are really able to navigate that well and keep their teams and, you know, feeling like they're a part of the company and keep their teams motivated, keep their teams, you know, uh, communicating, those are going to be the people that uh, come out the other side of this in a whole, I think it's, I really see it as such an incredible opportunity for the world 10 years from now. You know, if we really spend time making sure people develop these skills now in a way that they never had, they always should have, but they never might not have before. Yeah, that's a good point. It's it's not just emerging from the cloud. It's what what's what lies beyond once you've cleared all that fog. How How is this going to, uh, how, we, how are we going to shape the culture and the environment of the workforce, wherever they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah and it's been really interesting. Uh, my whole team is based in Kenya. And uh, so mm. I, you know, it, it's this um, before, I mean, I, I've ran organizations with, you know, 500, you know, employees. It's very different to have all remote employees. It's, it's different to have global remote employees. And actually, you know, we actually started a second company because so many people said, Hey, I, I want, somebody from Kenya to, to help me. And what we're finding is that um, we really want to help, you know, these, these clients, you know, around the world who are, we're matching with this talent. We're trying to really help them understand how to navigate in this new world when maybe they've never either, you know, managed a team or managed a remote team. And it just takes so much more communication, but the payoff is so much better when you do yes. it, when you communicate, you have more loyal people, you have a, a more enthused, you know, group of people working with you and around you, but it takes a lot more effort. I think it's going to, it's, it's one of those meet in the middle type of uh, project because you, you know, the virtual happy hours, they just don't quite do it. And it doesn't, it'll never take the place of, you know, a manager taking people out for, you know, a happy hour mm -hmm. or, or dinner or things like that. Yeah. And I think the workforce has to understand that compromises have to be made on both sides for this. We're all in this, like, it's an overused cliche. We're all in this together. And, and you, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And I think there, that that's a really great point is not just leaders need to be more cognizant of this, but employees as well, because then maybe we'll give everybody a little bit of a break as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Don, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to hear from our sponsor and we will be right back. Solopreneurs and small businesses often struggle to create effective digital marketing programs. It's hard to know where to start, what to prioritize, how to sift through confusing information and solutions that seem too good to be true. Agencies and full-time marketing employees are also expensive. And Marketing You is a modern marketing course with all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your business without that extra set of hands or high overhead costs. At And Marketing You, you will learn exactly what you need to do to execute a concrete marketing strategy 
by dedicating just two to four hours per week. And Marketing You will help you to execute strategy, messaging, content marketing, SEO, social media, paid digital advertising, and more. You'll have access to on-demand resources, live courses, group coaching sessions, community forums, and networking, plus the exact templates and tools you need for success. I took this course myself, and one of the greatest benefits we gained was learning to develop a competitive strategy that aligned our social media playbook and website to generate highly qualified leads. For all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your small business at a fraction of the cost of hiring a traditional agency or additional employee, go to www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. Again, that's www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. And use the code SHOCK to receive 10% off of any program. And we are back again with Don Levy, and we are talking about how he not uh, operates as a career coach or a marketing or sales strategist, but as a position and influence strategist, which I love. And I also know that before we started taping, we were talking a little bit about the concept of marketing the invisible, which uh, I, I just love because so many of us that you know are kind of in the speaking, coaching, you know, consulting realm sometimes it's hard to explain what you do. Um, and I love it every time we use different verbiage that makes people stop. So the whole concept of the position and influence strategist is I think really, really aligned to ultimately what you're trying to do, not just help somebody get the next job, but really to understand what they can control in their careers. Yeah, that's a good point. And so the marketing, the invisible is, can even apply to people looking for work or trying to get a promotion. It's that there are things that you're not aware of, especially when it comes to the hiring manager's world and when I, or the decision maker, however that you want yeah. to play that. And I, I spend a lot of time in my programs with people. You have to understand what goes on in the mind of the hiring manager or the decision maker, yeah. not just what goes on in their day, but how they approach the entire resume review, screening, interviews, hiring process. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them aren't very good at it because they don't do it often enough to become good at it. Right. There's no training for it for the most part. Right. And uh, that's kind of that invisible world where if you understand how to engage, position, influence, and convert, EPIC, EPIC, that mm -hmm. forms the core of my program. I teach people how to engage, position, influence, and convert. If you understand how to engage people before you even have to meet them, uh, you'll, you'll, you'll establish a, a degree of trust and familiarity with them because they'll know your name, they'll know a little bit about your brand, they'll know a little bit about your background. And when you show up for a job interview, there's already that familiarity built in. And who do we like to hire? The people we know, the people we trust, the people we're familiar with, and right. the people we like. Right. Yeah. You know, as you were talking about that, I was making notes. You're right. Nobody, not nobody has a bold statement, but very, very few people ever take training in pertinent to interviewing and hiring. And it, that is so vital because as we know, the wrong hire is, is detrimental, but sometimes you also miss the right hire because you might take too long or you might, you know, miss some elements. 
but I, I had a flashback. Um, I interviewed, uh, gosh, long ago, and it, I was in pharmaceutical sales, and I was uh, I had been uh, downsized from uh, one company because our product went off patent. So you know, there's mass oh, yeah. layoffs, and so I'm interviewing with another company. And I was interviewed by two gentlemen, one of whom is like my absolute like favorite manager of all times now. He became like, he's my idol. Um, but he and this other gentleman interviewed me. I like the other one too, <laughs> <laughs> but I like mine better. But um, they, when I met them, uh, I was, met them at a hotel in a, like a small banquet, you know, like a small meeting room. And I thought it was strange when I came in because I knew where they sat me, they had a round table and they, um, they sat me, you know, kind of between the two. So, you know, one's, you're looking at one, the other one can observe you and write notes. So I thought that was really well done. But I thought it was really strange that in the middle of the table, there was a pitcher of water and there were four glasses, two glasses in front of each of them. I think they gave me a glass of water too, but one glass was up and one glass was down. And I remember thinking that was really strange and at some point in time, you know, when your brain's like, what's going on? And at one point in time, one of them, one of the two, I can't remember who did it first, reached over and got the, um, the glass that was upside down and turned it right side up and then filled it with water. And I'm like, well, why didn't you take the glass that was already right side up? And so then a couple minutes later, the other one took the glass that was upside down and turned it over and filled up the water. And then they like never drank the water. It took me like two years when I, one day, you know, we're having happy hour and I'm like, what the heck was up with the water glasses? And they both started laughing. They go, well, that was our, that's our system. If we like you, if we think you're going to be a good candidate by taking the upside down one and turning it right side up, I'm telling my partner, I think this one's a keeper. If I just took the water glass that was straight up, it means eh, she might be, but by turning it upside down, but I said, well, what would have happened if you didn't like me? They said they'd turn them upside down and just leave them. <laughs> <laughs> what a great uh, secret way to, uh, to to communicate to other people. I know. That's, I was like, that's really sneaky. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But it's brilliant. <laughs> that is. I, I like the idea. I like the idea of doing that. Uh, we always have, you know, a debrief after we interviewed uh, candidates and, you know, it's no matter how many assessments you put people through, there's this thing called irreducible, uh, I want to say not irreducible complexity, it's irreducible unpredictability. Mm. And that happens with every candidate and every hiring manager. And that means that we have your cover letter, we have your resume, we have the results of the interview. And we all know that most of that or part of that is probably frictionalized, you might right. be clear little more credit for something you worked on and maybe other people contributed to. Uh, you may have stretched things a little bit. Everybody does that uh, marketing fluff, uh, so to speak, on their resumes and cover letters. Mm -hmm. But um, the the point I wanted to make was that at some point, hiring managers, they, they have to go with their gut. Right. They have to go with their intuition because I can only I can only evaluate down so far with the information you provided. And then I have to go with how I feel. Are you going to be a squeaky wheel that's going to need grease all the time on a team? Or are you going to be someone who can just take what is given to them and run with it? Yes. Yes. I can remember one person I interviewed for was a, a programming position. <clears throat> and I asked him, I said, tell, so tell me something about yourself. And 99% of candidates, when I asked that question, you know what they'll say? What do you want to know? Oh. And they've missed the golden opportunity 
to kind of give me their pitch. So I asked this one guy, I, says, uh, I said to him, uh, so tell me something about yourself that's, uh, I don't know. He goes, well, I'm a kids, I'm a cello playing kids soccer coach, member of the PTA. I've got an eye on your budget and an eye on your schedule. I'm a damn good programmer. I hired the guy on the spot. Oh, gosh, yes. Because I knew I, I'm a classical trained classical guitarist. So I had we had something in common. Yeah. He told me he's involved with his kids' lives and in the community because he's a kid's soccer coach. And on the PTA. He's involved with the PTA. He knew what was important to me, my budget and my schedule. Oh, yeah. All in one sentence. One sentence. And people need to compress down yes. what don't read don't recite your resume to a hiring manager. No. They want to know who are you outside of you know, your uniform that you're wearing right here in front of me. Yeah. I always used to ask people, I'd say, walk me through your resume. And I don't mean tell me about each job because I can see that on your resume. But what I want to know is what prompted you to make some of those job changes. Oh, um, yeah. That's, yeah. You know, and I don't care if you, you know, let go, downsize, whatever. I just want to know. Mm -hmm. But I want to know a little bit about what made you make decisions. And uh, so that was my opportunity to get people to, to tell a little bit more. But I love it. I love it. Yeah. So Don, our theme for the month is the magic of marketing. I think I'm going to really try and invent, invent that little magical um, marketing pixie dust that I can just throw <laughs> on everybody's business. Poof. People just line up for us. But you know, until then, I'm looking for tips and advice from each of my guests to help us all master marketing a little bit better for us. So what are your thoughts on the subject? I'm going to start with a story that will probably encapsulate what's what I'll say afterwards. Excellent. Years ago, <clears throat> I was the guest of a guest uh, of, well, let's see, who was it? It was MGM Resorts out in Las Vegas. And we, it was over a New Year's week, uh, weekend. And we were out at Top Golf, uh, courtesy of MGM Res uh, Resorts. And as we were out there, the entire C-suite of MGM Resorts came out to see us. Oh. Yeah. And then I met the vice president of sales. He came up and introduced himself. We had some small talk and he says, so Don, what is it that you do? And at the time I was doing more speaking than coaching. And I said, well, meeting planners hire me to help them look like superstars. Oh, good answer. And what was his next question? How do you do that? Exactly. That was my intent. I wanted him to ask that question so I could, you know, initiate dialogue. And I said, well, not only do my seminars and breakouts and keynotes help boost your return on investment, because I have follow on programs at no extra charge for attendees, it'll push your return on event through the roof. Ooh. And he looked at me, his jaw dropped, and he called over the other VPs. He goes, guys, come over here. We've got to talk to Don. So all the other uh, C-suite people came over, and, he, and it's so funny because he looks at me and he goes, Don, he says, well, serious in his face. He goes, tell them exactly what you told me, the same words. So I did. And then I started asking them questions rather than coming off as a pitchy salesman. Right. How long have you had this problem? What else have you tried? How did that work? And it ended up me getting a lot of business with MGM going back and forth. They said, we need to bring Don in for our teams, our sales teams. And simply by asking a question, how do you do that? And that's any, any time it's called, you know, it's your value proposition. Right. That's the whole idea behind influence and persuasion is you set, you go fishing where the fish are, right? And you set the hook 
when I, as soon as you said, how do you do that? That's when I set the hook. Yeah, exactly. So whether it. it's convincing a hiring manager that you're the right person for the job or, or assuring an irate customer that you'll take care of their problem or dealing with an inflexible client who is reluctant to sign off on your proposal, this is important, I think. Nothing moves forward without a strategy, strategy mm-hmm. with the artful application of influence and persuasion. Mm-hmm. You know, in every encounter, you can choose how to engage the other party that bridges empathy, that brings meaningful connection to win clients and customers and decision makers. Essentially, you're winning hearts and minds. You're not selling products or services. Mm-hmm. For better results, outcomes, conclusions, whatever your goal is for that particular um, outcome. And, you know, like I said, I use the terms influence and persuasion because sales and marketing, we don't like to be sold. Right. Um, it's more profitable to understand the language behind the persuasion equation, as I call it, that empowers people to make the decision to buy. You're empowering them to make the decision to buy. And I mentioned those four elements of the persuasion equation, persuasion, uh, sharpening your engagement skills, right? Uh, enhancing your position. By that, I mean your branded value, your expertise and your authority. Uh, you're growing your sphere of influence and converting those decision makers and potential clients and customers into allies, advocates, champions, and followers. And, and uh, I, I think that's, that's pretty much encapsulates it the, the way I think it all works. It's, it's the power of influence and persuasion and setting up that, that, that conversation, because when that VP asked me, Don, what is it you do? I could have said, Oh, I, I do uh, professional speaking, Mm-hmm. And I have some corporate programs. I do some coaching. That would have been a dead end conversation. And they would have gone, gone, oh. would have gone nowhere. Would have gone nowhere. Don, I'm totally stealing your line. <laughs> oh, that's fine. That's fine. It's in my book. It'll be my new book. Yeah. I teach that. That's fine. I teach all. I teach that to the, the the people in my coaching and mentoring programs, my corporate programs. That's 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 an element of getting people's attention and doing that. Um, uh, that mind shift, you want to kind of break their concentration, like, because the, the, the vice president, his, his face expression changed when I said, Oh, yeah, you know, meeting planners hire me to help them look like superstars. And he went like, yeah, like, what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I have two quick thoughts on that. One is um, I, the last uh, 10 plus years of my career, I was in the hearing aid sector. And so I was a VP of sales and you know, so it's great to say, oh, I'm a vice president of sales, whatever, but you know how you're on an airplane and somebody says, so what do you do? Yeah. So uh, my line was, I sell a product that nobody wants at a price that nobody wants to pay. Beautiful. And they're like, you do that? what is it? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You always want them to initiate the conversation with the question. And I, I actually had a client once, she, she was a, um, bank security she goes i can't i can't find that hook help me find that hook and i said well what is it that you do she goes well you know i work in a bank and she, i said, don't give me your job description right. don't give me your title don't give me your job description how do you help the bank's customers she goes well i, I protect their money from the bad guys oh there you go there it was there it was right there boom shakalaka yeah <laughs> there it was I was also going to say too, um, I had one uh, person who interviewed uh, f- with me, I don't know how long ago, 10 years ago, and it was for a, you know, a, a, like a district manager position. And 
he really impressed me because he said, when we had the first uh, just phone interview, so before I met him in person. And so, you know, we're talking, we're getting to know each other. And he said, he goes, do you mind if I ask you a question? And I'm like, great. You know, I'm looking, I was like this. I like it when somebody isn't just like answering my questions. They want to have a dialogue. And he said, um, are you, he goes, I don't know if you're going to feel comfortable answering this. So then that piqued my interest. And I go, well, give it a try. Let's see. He goes, are you currently on track to hit budget, your sales budget? And I said, that's a really great question. I said, in the um, the division that you would be taking over, no, we are not. In fact, they have not hit budget for the last couple of years. And I just took over this segment. And so he said, may I ask another question? I said, sure. And he goes, what is the most important, something like what, you know, kind of what's really keeping you up at night, um, you know, and what's your gut about why the team hasn't hit budget? And I said, you know, that is a really great question. I said, because my gut tells me that not only was the team like not motivated, but we have some non-confident salespeople in there. And what keeps me up at night is that all we're doing is continuing to tell uncomfortable salespeople that it's okay to be uncomfortable. And yeah. I'll tell you, when he came in, he, from the get-go, he was like, okay, I know what your pain point is. We're going to get there. We're going to get it done. And he did. And it was really engaging to me because the way he asked the question wasn't like, well, so what are you looking for most in this person in this position? Or, you know, what do you think my first 90 days should look like? You know, he's like, what have you hit budget? Because to your point, he knew what was important to me. Yeah. What is important is hitting budget. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly now, right. Those are the people that did the research and the people you want on your team. You know, the grocery store rotates stock. Why can't we do that in the workplace? You yeah. know, you promote your upper 15% of the people and, and you let go of the bottom yep. 15%. And that just keep recycling those people through. It does the company good and it does people's careers good as well. Yeah, I agree. Oh, Don, we could talk forever. I love I know, it. I, I, wanted, I wanted to say that. You know, the strategy call when you have with people, customers, um, a lot of times in my webinars, all I do is tell people, if you want to have a call with me, sign up. I'm not selling anything. Leave your credit cards, but let's have a conversation. And that strategy call is primarily to help them resolve a problem or a challenge and then influence them to come to their own realization that either my online course or mm -hmm. my coaching program uh, is something that they need. I don't, I don't like the word upsell. It's, right. it has, you know, that sales and marketing thing, but it's to influence them to come to their own realization that I have something they need that will help them. And I'm laughing because I was just thinking, uh, probably about a year and a half ago, I had a, you know, like had a free session with uh, somebody that, um, I won't talk about what, what business she's in because she might listen and hear it, but uh, she was trying to sell me to her coaching program. Mm -hmm. And, and I knew that I knew that was what was, you know, and I was kind of curious about it cause I was interested. And, sure. um, so at one point in time, she shared her screen with me about something and, you know, so she's showing me what it is. I'm like, oh, okay. So then she didn't realize that she didn't stop sharing and instead put up her sales sheet that says now insert client name. Tell me what's the most important, you know, part of this process for you. Tell me, insert name. <laughs> goes, and I just was fascinated. So I just watched the whole thing because I was like, I can't wait to see where this goes. You know, and then she's like, and for right now, I will take, it'll be 40% off if you sign up today. Are you ready? And it says, take a pause. 
<laughs> uh, take a pause really oh gosh and I, uh, how not to do coaching yeah and oh, afterward, i'm like no nah, well you know i'll let you know if i'm ready and no. i just thought oh my gosh that is like that's the worst way you can you can try and do this with me <laughs> well you know it's funny i get that on linkedin too i had someone want to connect with me and the very next day they pitched me and oh. i said sorry i'm not interested in your program and then right after that they said, I understand we get a lot of emails. What's a good time and date for you? Yes. And I yeah. said, we're done. We're done. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I've had five of those this morning. <laughs> I have, I get, I probably get 15 a day. And, you know, most of the time, you know, they'll have a dull note. Oh, I saw, you know, your connection, whatever. And we have, you know, people in common. And so I always know I'm going to get pitched, you know, within 30 seconds of accepting because they have it set up on a, you know, some sort of bot thing. And, yeah. uh, and I, I just never respond to them anymore. I just let it go. Cause I'm like, I don't mind the connection. That's kind of interesting. And, and, but uh, it's really intriguing to me how people are using LinkedIn right now in a way that is just really annoying. <laughs> yeah, totally true. I totally agree. <laughs> Oh, Don. Okay. So I know we're going to have to wrap this up because we could actually literally keep talking forever. Um, sure. We'll have all of your contact information on the show notes, but just in case somebody's like, I got to check this guy out. What's the best way for them to reach you? Well, they can go to my website and it's donlevyjuniorstrategies.com. And rather than spell it out, go to, go to the show's website because it'll be the link there. Or they can email me at Don with two N's, D-O-N-N, at donlevyjuniorstrategies.com. And I would enjoy hearing from listeners to, to see what stories they have and what, what tips and suggestions they might have that I could pass along as well. Excellent. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Yeah, I thought about this a little bit. Um, I think it's important to consistently create what I call four levels of psychological allure or uh, psychological appeal mm -hmm. with clients and customers. And that, I mean, you have to have rapport. You have to be genuine, authentic, and approachable. Mm -hmm. It's got to be a mutual respect or mutual regard for the appreciation of my abilities and your abilities and the qualities and achievements we've each had in our fields. Um, let's see, relatability is one where we have a connection. We can find common ground where we could work together and then reciprocity, which mm -hmm. means I give value first to the client. I don't wait for the client to do anything. I will provide value before I even have a paycheck. Mm. Very good. Don, I really I love it. I appreciate it. You have shared a lot of oh, great thanks. things today. Thank thanks. You. I enjoyed it a lot. I know we could go on all afternoon with this. This is great. <laughs> That's a great part of doing this podcast, man. I meet some incredible people and we have incredible conversations. That sounds like it. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you so much for being our guest today, Don. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.